Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate with Howard Drukarsh. For those that don't know me, I'm one of the co-founders, along with Arthur Bartram and Ron Petticord, of the largest independent real estate brokerage in Canada with over 5,400 agents. I've also been a member of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, Board of Directors, the Real Estate Council of Ontario, uh, Board of Directors, and I sit on the board of the company I co-founded. If you'd like to learn more about me, we have uh, the first episode called Intro, and you can find about my journey, the ups and downs, until I ended up where I am today. Um, we'll be interviewing guests, but not a typical real estate show. We'll be in interviewing real estate agents, brokers, uh, salespeople, developers, builders, people who market pre-construction, people who sell pre-construction, lawyers, finance people, uh, media people, and some people who aren't necessarily in the real estate sphere, but they're just fascinating guests, much like the guests that we are going to have on today. Um, they're fascinating because they've all been able to overcome rejection, podcast, uh, rejection, roadblocks, um, uh, failure. Um, they've, they found a way to be successful uh, in a trajectory that wasn't straight up, but, but all of the guests have found a way to do that. And I, I think our, our audience loves to see and hear those stories. So that's that. Uh, part of why we do this. Uh, my own background is I was a real estate agent for 20 years uh, before starting the company. And then as we grew, I would manage different offices as we opened the offices. And for a few years, I was also broker of record and president. Uh, so now we're going to get it to our guest. Um, let me introduce her by her name because a lot of you may know her as well. It's Odine Ecclestone. Um, and I'm going to read a bit about her bio because she has a fascinating uh, background. And prior to uh, starting the podcast, I didn't realize that she had met my, my partner, Arthur, um, when we were just beginning the company early on. So this is kind of a renewal of meeting someone from, yeah. from those days. Uh, Odine is co-founder and broker record of Wilshire Ecclestone Realty. She's also the president and co-founder of Wilshire Homes and We Developments. It's an award-winning custom home uh, and building development company, and she builds homes across the GTA. Uh, she's also, which is, where you may, which is where you may know her from, the co-host of HGTV's Hot Market. She's written and published books on self-empowerment for young girls. And perhaps most importantly, she's the proud mom to Cashton. How'd I do, Odine? You did great. You <laughs> okay. did absolutely amazing, okay. Howard. Wonderful to be here with you today and to see you and apparently to meet you for the first time, even though I feel like I've met you many times for some reason. I guess you know why? Because when I was with Right at Home Realty, I would see all of your emails uh, and all of the updates. So I feel like I know you very well. And that kind of same for me. I feel like I know you because I looked at HGTV and I saw some of the programs you've done. Um, and we just, it was such a coincidence. We connected, uh, one of the agents uh, set up a, a group chat that was Johnny Wu. Mm -hmm. And I remember yeah. I hired Johnny. I remember he was one of the ones that I thought was, uh, you know, kind of a lot of energy. And he's certainly yeah. uh, put that into his career at the company. Um, and now we get a chance to talk about you. So um, l let me start. There's there's kind of a, a range of things that are interesting uh, for our guests. And one of them is the background of the people that we have on our podcast. Um, you're very entrepreneurial. Did did anyone in your family, uh, mother, father, brother, sister, were they entrepreneurial? Yeah, yeah. So 
both of my parents definitely have some entrepreneurial spirit, but my dad is an entrepreneur through and through. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, he was awarded like an entrepreneurial award by like the city of Toronto before I was born when he was like 18 years old or something like that. He, um, so I've always, I've grown up seeing seeing him try and fail and try again at different um, sort of businesses. He has a very successful chain of, um, of small like West Indian um, grocery stores uh, currently called Better Bargain. And um, yeah, so I grew up seeing him also invest a lot of, of his hard earned money in real estate. Um, the first property I bought was with my dad when I was around 18 years old and just going through the process of purchasing an investment property with him. And then, yeah, and then there's my mother who is also, uh, she's been a landlord for as long as I can remember of, um, you know, multiple properties. So it was kind of organic, me um, obtaining my real estate license quite early. That really uh, plays into, I think, why it must have felt normal for you to be an entrepreneur. People who've never, I, I think, had families that are doing that are always concerned about the risk. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, um, there's the risk-reward equation. Um, how, what's your... Um, uh, how do you respond to risk? Like, how does that feel? You, obviously, you've started a building company. You, you know, you do custom mm-hmm. homes. You're you're uh, a broker of a company. Um, you write mm-hmm. books. What about risk in your business side? How, how did how does that handle? Or how do you handle that? So I I like to say that I'm I'm a risk taker, but I'm certainly a calculated risk taker. Mm-hmm. So most of the risks that I take from beginning to now, I've sort of run the numbers and run um, run sort of just the mathematics through and through of like worst case scenarios, best case scenarios and in-betweens and where on average they could land. Um, but definitely, I, I think that I do have the stomach more that a lot of, as you said, like uh, being an entrepreneur does take a lot of risks and it doesn't always bring a reward. So I think you have to have that grit and that stomach to um, withstand when sometimes the turn the the when it doesn't turn out as great as as often as it, as it can, um, but also you have to be calculating. I'd say. Yeah, I don't think risk. Uh, let's let's take a shot at it as the way to do business. It it is about about matrix about looking at you know mm-hmm. uh, what are the worst things that can happen, right? And then look at what yeah. are the best things, and then just. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in in the uh, intuitiveness. Uh, you know, if, yes. if you if you follow your gut feeling, generally speaking, it's a really good guide, right? And oh my gosh, I couldn't agree with you more, Howard. It's I think that's been like a story of my life, even before my career is is following where my spirit is kind of leading, and also so as you said, intuition and also passion. So that passion, I think, and like it sounds a little cliche, but where the joy is. Um, is usually in the direction that's been le- helping to lead me anyway into uh, good results. I, I I always think that passion, uh, enthusiasm, and hard work are are the real uh, yeah. the pillars of success. Um, you know, for for um, for all the time that I was uh, active in the company, it was just mm-hmm. like it wasn't like work. It was you know something I was yeah. passionate about. It was it was exciting to have started. An idea that actually worked out, just like you. You've, yeah. you've done the same thing, and I think I, I think all entrepreneurs relate to that because we've taken these risks, 
that other people haven't. And then when it's mm -hmm. successful, the success is really the biggest reward. You know, you, yeah. in, your, in your case as well, you, you look at what you've achieved, right? And you go, wow, you know, I, I made it work. And, and I, 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 you know, I always appreciate these stories because we're mm -hmm. always dealing with people like yourself who've had to overcome a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. it, it's, yeah. uh, it's not an easy road. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I was listening to a podcast, um, I think it was Gary V. And he said, yeah. if you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to like problems. <laughs> mm, yes, that it. makes sense. And, and, that, and that aligns with, um, I think, a, a personality characteristic that I have as well of being solution oriented. Uh, yes. So when faced with the, with the issues and the problems, automatically my brain just switches to, okay, well, let's after sort of, you know, we're, we're not going to dwell more than we for more time than we need to on what the issue is what's the solution and how can we orient ourselves to the solution so yeah, yeah. i agree with gary v there for yeah. sure and and it's uh it's clear that you've been able to do it in, in all the uh all the different initiatives you've got um one of the things about being this is more as an agent question uh but it works mm -hmm. in business anywhere uh, how important has royalty been uh, excuse me royalty i, I, I sound like mr wonderful how important, <laughs> how important has loyalty been in your career? Loyalty is, has been very important, and which is why. And I mean, hey, there are lots of agents that end up switching from brokerage to brokerage to brokerage. But really, um, when I was with Red at Home for like I think nine years, and I felt extremely loyal to that company um, because it, it led me, it opened so many doors for me and the staff and the support which was amazing. So it was, it was hard for me to send in that resignation letter. Honestly, Howard, it was really hard. And so I think that is um, a part of like the loyalty in me. And then even just in building relationships with uh, my partners in business without loyalty, we, oh my goodness, of course, so many, a lot of things, of course, that are important components to our business are documented and are lawyered. Um, but a lot of it is on is in, at least in the beginning, are very much within handshake, mm -hmm. right? Handshake type of deals and businesses and um, and agreements. So with that said, I think building a reputation of loyalty and, and practicing that, it just, it helps to build just great partnership. You know, it's interesting. I'm listening to you from a perspective that I had when I was, uh, when I was at the company, uh, when I was mm -hmm. active in the company. Um, mm -hmm. I would hire new people and I would hire people transferring. And the new people, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit intuitive, I think, if I met you uh, and you were coming in as a new agent, um, mm -hmm. what would impress me is your enthusiasm and, mm -hmm. and the energy you brought to, to, to wanting to be an agent. And I looked at people yeah. like you going, well, I'd hire this person. So that was kind of my mm -hmm. decision. Then we had people who joined from other brands that were better known than us, and they joined mm -hmm. uh, because they felt it was value. But, you know, looking mm -hmm. at you now, I feel like I'm slipping back into that role. Of course, I'd hire you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. As I said, um, when I met, actually, it's, it's quite serendipitous how I even found Right at Home. Um, it was, I think, a friend of yours or Arthur actually referred me. Mm. At the time, um, Howard, I was doing like commercials and acting. I was I was quite young when I obtained my license. I was like 21. I was in my final year of university. And um, my first year, I had like a rock star year. I was with Remax. Like the, I just signed up with the closest Remax to where I live. That's just how kind of naive I was. Just the closest 
geographical location to where I live that was a Remax. That's just where I went. Great year. But then I realized I wanted to follow my my passion of acting. And my parents, um, their stipulation was that I had to finish university before I was allowed to like go to LA and try like the audition scene and everything. So I did. I I, I finished university. I had finished like a year of real estate. It was great. Now it was time to like really pursue my dream. But I needed to kind of um, put my license, like park my license. So I was explaining that um, to a to a to a friend, and I, his mutual his name's Michael, I believe, and he said he was a friend of yours, and. Um, he had like, I think it was called the real estate center at the time, a, a brokerage called the real estate center. And he was trying to recruit me, but I told him that I wanted to be an actor. And he says, you know what, if you're more casual about it right now, then um, I think here's the number to call, tell him that I called you. And so then I did. And then I signed up. But then I went to LA and it just wasn't for me. Like the town itself wasn't for me. I really missed my family because I'm very like close with my family. And I came back and I said, okay, I'll just do like auditions from Hollywood North, like Toronto. And then I did more so real estate full time. And then, you know, I just couldn't go to the auditions anymore because I was busy doing home inspections, helping to people, helping to find people's homes. And so I had to uh, resign from acting. And then I was a realtor full time with Right at Home Realty. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, if you if you go to our uh YouTube channel. One of the people we interviewed, a friend of mine, Reese Trenhill. Reese has a very similar story. He, uh, really? he, um, he, it's a, he lives in Windsor. Um, after university, he got into real estate, but he, but then he also got into performing because he went to a class with a friend of his. His friend didn't want to do it, so but he stayed on, and so he has a career. I don't remember the things, all the things he's done in in real estate. Uh, excuse right. me, in performing. But uh, mm. listen to his podcast because he, he had the same issue, um, mm. a little different than you. I remember we met in a course. Uh, we were sitting beside each other and we just really got oh. along well. We kept, we, kept, uh, we kept in touch. And one of the yes. things he found, which is different than you because you also have the building, uh, he mm. found that people really recognized him as the performer and he yeah. was having a hard time getting them to recognize him as the real estate agent. So oh. he came up with a hashtag, Reese also sells, or Reese still sells homes, something like that. But the parallel wow. in careers is similar. Um, passion for being a performer, because it's just yeah. fun. And passion yeah. for real estate, because it's a different kind of fun. Yes. Uh, so yeah, yeah I will definitely check that out. And you can even give him a call. See, I suggest that maybe there's some business. <laughs> you know what? There could be business. He does commercial real estate, a uh, large oh. portion in Windsor. Okay, yeah, all right. I will definitely take a, a take a look. Okay, yeah, see, it's, all, it's already been worth coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's something else. Um, you've been really successful, but but along the way, is there anything that you have regrets about? Like you go, mm, we should have done, we shouldn't. You know, my partner Lamont and I, we started out flipping homes. Oh, hold on. Oh, there we go. I'm not sure if it. Okay, we're back. Uh, yeah, my partner Lamont and I, we started out flipping properties um, back in, I think, around 2010 or 11. And, you know, at the time we were just sort of learning um, the, the trade of, 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 of renovations and building before we, you know, jumped deep into building. We wanted to learn more of, the, of just about renovation and construction in general. So we flipped all these houses. And in retrospect, I'm like, darn it. 
to make like I don't know, especially in the beginning, we were probably making per house like twenty five thousand dollars, which is you know was a victory for us at the time. Uh, especially we were quite young and we we're just learning. It was like our we call it our kindergarten phase. But if we had tried to hold on to even a couple of those properties, just seeing like where the trajectory of the market went, oh my goodness, we would just be that much better off if we had held on to even half of them. Um, so I'd say that that was a regret that we weren't, um, you know, holding as many properties as we were flipping, or at least a, a bit more of a balance. I, I you know what I, I can certainly identify. I started, uh, I got licensed in '84, became a broker in '86, and and I think about if I had just bought two bungalows and had never <laughs> had never worked in real estate, I would have made more money. <laughs> so, right. Right. So, but that's hindsight. So you can't really exactly. you, you can't invest yeah. in hindsight. Um, yeah. You are very successful in real estate. If a new agent came to you and, and, to, and wanted your advice, um, what kind of advice would you give a new person about getting into the business? I mean, we're in, we're in an epidemic uh, right now, but uh, it's going to clear up. So let's, let's say it's cleared up. What would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that uh, number one is integrity, right? So I think, in, I don't think, is integrity one of our fiduciary duties? I'm not even sure. Yes, it is. It is one of our fiduciary duties in, in terms of like with, with Rico, I believe. But just in general, integrity goes such a long way. Like just whatever you say you're going to do, do it. Right. And um, yeah, I think, you know, because your reputation is going to continue to precede you. Like I have not done too much advertising. It's been a lot of word, word of mouth. And um, I think that's the case for most successful realtors and real estate professionals it's word of mouth so really every deal give it your all and I like to make not always easy but I like to make each client feel like they're my only client at the time so hard but just the level of attention it doesn't matter if they're buying like you know something for $250,000 or you know eight million dollars it's just you give them you give them you make them feel like the most important client on your roster and um, I think that that goes a long way, like just treating the way you're treating people and always just having integrity. You know, it's, in it's interesting when I talk to people about the, a real estate career, uh, this is basically what you're saying. The goal in a real estate career is a referral business, right? Mm -hmm. where, where people are calling you because someone suggested that they either buy or sell with you. And it, it couldn't be more fun when that happens. I mean, yeah. right? It's because it's an honor, an honor. That's actually a better way to describe it. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, and you just keep doing good work for people and you just get referrals. Yeah. And it's a, it's a lot of fun when the business is uh, coming to you. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what about challenges? Let's call it the biggest challenge you had to overcome. What would that have been? You know, this is some good advice that I got, like from a friend of mine. It's like when you don't get the listing, because that that did happen towards the beginning. And hey, I'm sure it still happens now, right? Where people are, as they should, interviewing many agents, many brokerages, and then you don't get the deal. Uh, I think a challenge for me towards the beginning was taking it a little bit personally. Hmm. Now I've learned in life and in business, try your best not to take anything personally. It just, it frees you so much when you really get into the habit of not taking anything personally. So that was definitely a challenge at the beginning that I'm proud to say that I believe I've overcome. I also think that comes from being successful because you, you have a track record. 
And, you know, mm. it's not, I'm like, I mean, I remember same thing in the early days. It's like you had to get the listing. It's all new. Yeah. You need because then you, yeah. you you're not in the business to get a listing, basically. So, right. uh, yeah. and you and just like you, you work really hard. The ultimate goal is a referral, so you do what you can. And I'm sure you've done a lot of things that you know don't don't come under normal real estate, like, right? You know, getting people's houses ready and you know holding oh hands gosh. and all of those things. All but, the little tedious bits of business. Up to this day, I'm very much like involved in all the minutia. Of, of a transaction. And I, I think that's another piece of advice I would tell a, a new agent, like, don't be so quick to like, sort of sub everything out to assistance and to help like, you know, get your hands dirty, get in there and learn every aspect of a transaction and the business so that, you know, if, if you are in the trenches all by yourself, you do know, you're multifaceted, and you're, you're able to do kind of, uh, all the arms and all of the the jobs that are are necessary within the business to to get the job done. Yeah, I think it, there there is no shortcut. You you have yeah. to you have to do all the boring things and all the yeah. tedious things because yeah. those are those are the things where you learn the business. I mean, you, you know, exactly. watching doesn't you don't learn it by watching someone else. That's you right. you got to get in there yeah. and do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you do that well. I want to ask you about the two the two business uh, entities that you're involved in. Um, mm-hmm. So let's start with uh, the home building business. How did that come about? Yeah. So um, when I was around 22 and he was 21, again, it was like the first year I think that I had my license, or maybe the second year. I got a call from this um, this young man, and um, it was my partner Lamont. I, and at the time, he just asked me to to do a home evaluation of this home. And we just really hit it off. And um, actually, we started dating at the time. And then, um, yeah, and then we broke up. But then we said, let's just do business together. So I had an investment property. And then the house that I did a home evaluation for him was one of his investment properties. And I sold that house. And I sold one of my investment properties. And we started flipping houses. So we were very young. We didn't know much of what we were doing. But we said, okay, let's just start small. We started with like a a house that we found like a semi or a link that was like, I don't know, back then, like 240,000. And then we um, just learned the ropes. We sold that one for about, I, I do not remember the figure again, we didn't make huge money back then, but um, yeah. So we started flipping homes and we did about a dozen of them. And then it was just becoming increasingly difficult to find uh, houses to flip. Like the inventory was just, just not out there like prices started you know doing one of these and so we said okay maybe it's time to buy land and then you know like build from the from the ground up and so um there was some there was a teardown available and i said lamont i think that this is the one let's do this let's buy this this lot let's tear down this you know dilapidated property at the time and like let's build a house and it was so daunting and oh my gosh, what an experience that first house was. But on that same street, we now have built on that path of street, like seven houses and wow. in that neighborhood and many other neighborhoods across the GTA. And that's like 10 years later around. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I'll finish off with the thought I had uh, about how you juggle all the things in your life. But let's let's also talk about HGTV. Um, how did that come about so that I think is just it's it's such a great example of like full circle moments because as I mentioned earlier on 
in our conversation, I had moved to LA. I was going back and forth all the time. And as much as it was fun, it just, I realized it wasn't for me, but one of my dreams was television. So um, then, uh, I don't know, like a few years ago, I got a call from a production company and they said, hey, they're like casting for this show that's about like Toronto real estate. And um, I'll be honest with you, Howard, that was not the first time a production company had approached me. So I was a little bit skeptical because before when a production company had approached me about something similar, it was kind of like a big waste of time. And then, you know, in this business, we are, we don't have, we are already busy as it is. So I, but at the same time, I I respected the request and um, they asked me to basically come in and 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 meet them and um we we shot like um like a pilot i guess and um yeah the pilot got picked up and then like a year later i i remember i had like a 4 month old son and i get this call from the same like company production company and they're like hey remember that show that we asked you to be a part of and we were like shooting these like little teasers or um what was it called like sizzles or whatever well gonna happen like it got picked up by hgtv and i was like what i was like is this some sort of joke and they're like no and you're on it like you are 100 percent on it all you need to do is like come down here and then and so then i met with like the hgtv producers and executives and it was just like it was so unreal um but it was it's such like they're the best production company and um and network and it's it was just such a joy to work with them and the show, as you saw, season one turned out great. And you know what's interesting is how all of this um, has fit into your real estate interest, right? I mean, you know, from, well, from I mean, an early about year. About full circle. Yeah. Because then now it's like, here I am, I, I'm on camera, but just being myself and doing my job. Right. That's about right. And what could be nicer than that? Right. Yeah. So the yeah. thing, the, the 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 question here's a question I'm not going to ask you because you've answered it early. One of the questions I ask people, I'm going to try to reward reword it for you. One of the questions I ask people is, what would you tell your 20 year old self if you could? Hmm. A lot of them go back into buying real estate. Now you already did that before you were 20, yeah. so we can't we can't answer it that way. But is there anything mm-hmm. you looking back um, around that time that you you know tell yourself if you could have? Yeah, just to not stress. I think when you're younger um, and you're still kind of finding yourself, mm-hmm. it's easy to get a little bit nervous about your future, right? It's, it's it's easy to just have that level of uncertainty. So I would definitely tell myself, just chill out. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. So you don't have to spend nights like up. Uh, like, you know, not sleeping because you're worried about, I don't know, just like what the future is going to look like for yourself. Right. And so, I, I mean, as, even back then, I'm very much like, um, I'm, I'm really like type A and I'm, I'm like, I was the type of student where I had to get like type all A's and stuff like that. So yeah, my 20 year old self, I was just, I was, I was just wondering like, how am I going to be like successful? Like, what does this look like? Am I going to be, you know what I mean? You're just, you want that for yourself, or at least I did, and I'm sure you did at 20. I think our types of personalities were, I was, I started thinking about that probably since I was like, before I was a teenager, I was always just thinking about like, 
what my future was going to, or visualizing what my future was going to look like. And because I, I was, you know, very intent on being successful. Uh, one of the podcasts that I love to listen to, um, another podcast, um, in, uh, LinkedIn um, posting is Matt Higgins. He's a periodic shark um, mm-hmm. on Shark Tank. And the, his answer was really good on that point. Uh, in your 20s, you're always concerned about whether, uh, what other people are thinking about you, right? And his, his response now that he's you know, not in his 20s is, what you find out is nobody cares. <laughs> they're nobody only th- cares. They're only thinking about themselves. <laughs> Everybody's just interested in their right. own self-interest. That right. is like, oh my gosh, we should scream that from like a rooftop. Well, we're getting it through a podcast. So, so, okay. And here's the last thing I want to ask you about, because I know how busy you are. You got three major things going on in your life. How do you handle all of that? And uh, a two-year-old son, Cashton, how do you, how do you, how do you juggle and be successful? That That's probably the, the one thing everybody's going to want to know. So take over from here. You know, I, I there's no way that I would be able to juggle, juggle it all without a strong support system. So I think that goes back to what you were saying, Howard, about loyalty. So it, when you're like loyal to the people that you love in your life, they're going to want your success is their success, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I have a very close-knit family, particularly my mother, and um, and I, I try my best to be as good as I can to all the people in my in, in that are you know in my life, and as a result, my support system is so strong. So um, that's that's really the reason. Like my and when I say my support system, I'm talking about obviously like on a personal level, but also a professional level. Lamont and I within our business, we uh, have been very blessed, but we've also been intent on hiring some of the best talents. So when you surround yourself and then you, you know, sort of cherry pick um, just like excellent talent and, and smart and hard workers, that makes your job easier. So professionally and then personally, I'm just very lucky to have just like really great people around to to help make everything happen. Well, you gotta really, ha- you gotta really thank those people because your life has got to be as busy as anybody's, and uh, and for that, I also want to you know thank you for coming on our podcast today. Uh, it's a real delight, you know. Like you said, you probably had some sense of who I was. I had some sense of who yeah. you were, and I'd love to invite you to come back again sometime in the future. I, I would love to. This conversation has been such a blast, so fun, Great. so smooth and and easy. I, I wish it could go on for longer. I wish it could, but you'll lose a listing. You won't build a house. Your kid will be crying. So we don't want to do any of those things. So, Odine, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. And uh, we'll we'll get back in touch with you again in the future, okay? Indeed. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank Odine Ecclestone, and we'd like to thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please like comment and subscribe and tell your friends we'd really like to hear from you you can find us on all the major podcast networks and on our own youtube channel and if you'd like to contact us you can reach us directly by email at info at rewithhd.com or you can get to us on our website rewithhd.com thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time